Yeah, man. They went from Pisgah to Jared's to now they're talking Jake and Bull. Half day XC ride. And now now I, I swear, I think they're going to go to Yargo. They're going to drop their <laughs> trip down to Yargo, and then they're going to be on a Peloton. Oh, man. Those brethren, man. They're just they're just dropping like flies. It's, it's, I hate to see it. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Narnemies MTB podcast. I am your host, as always, Josh. And we are joined by our sometimes host, Shreddy Trent Bowden. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. Um, and this is uh, number 21. We're, we are now of legal drinking age as a podcast. Right. Um, so you know what that means. Like at 21, you can drink in the great US of A. And um, that I think you can compare that to the maturity of the pod- podcast, right? Like, so we started out as a child and, and now we're in episode 21 and we are now in the party phase. So I think we're going to start getting a little wild on the podcast, a little looser, a little more comfortable, less rigid, um, hopefully getting in the zone. And then I think eventually once we get into like our thirties and forties episodes, that's when we'll probably start maturing and we'll probably start finding our way. Whereas now we're kind of floating around and getting a little tipsy. Does that, does that parallel make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It does. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, Oh, that's the vet. Um, yep, they're blowing me up. Uh, we're gonna have to put you on hold there. We're doing a podcast right now. Um, my dog got the work up my lab. She got a full workup yesterday at the vet, so they're probably calling me to give me test results or whatever. But um, hopefully, all is well. Uh, so, so yeah, so it's been a while, folks. Um, I've been traveling, uh, and I just got back from Greece. It was a good trip got to it was work trip so i didn't really get to do a whole bunch of fun stuff but i was able to do a little snorkeling a little swimming some hikes a little bouldering um no bikes unfortunately it was tough to figure that out um but it's a beautiful place long long trip and uh we got all the the alarms going off alarms going off um so yeah we're just trying to fit this in on a lunch ride basically trent and i just went for a quick hot lap on soap and we got to get back to work, but we, it's been so long since we podcasted and we were like, let's, let's, let's get back on the train. So here we are. Uh, Trent, what have you been up to lately? Uh, been in Florida a bunch. So on the skinny tires for the last week or so, uh, preparing for a race next weekend though, Pisgah 555. So what does 555 mean? You know, I have no idea. There's the 555 <laughs> and there's the 111. At the same time, the 111 is the, the harder, longer race, but I don't know what the numbers mean. You think bigger number would mean harder race, but it's That's the opposite. That's what you think, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So essentially, it's all day Unless race. Unless the big one is the 111, and the one I'm doing is the 55.5. Ah, uh, that's probably it. That must be it. Yeah. Are you nervous? No, not nervous. I'm excited. Um, it'll be probably one of the harder rides I've ever done, and... If you know Pisgah, you know it's like a lot of the time when you're out in Pisgah, you're just climbing fire roads. But this is actually climbing all Pisgah single tracks. I think the whole course, it's like 98% single track. So we're climbing like up Black Mountain, up Squirrel Gap, uh, up Pilot Rock. Maybe like it's all over the place. And I think it's going to be a beast of a day. Yeah, it sounds like it. You're doing it with the buddy Will. And uh, oh, the cool part, I guess I should say, is that um, you're 
staying at your that your parents bought a place in Brevard, so yep. now you got a sweet pad. Yeah, downtown Brevard hookup. It's the second or third week they've had it, so it'll be sweet to uh, break it in there for them. But, um, but yeah, it's a great setup. So hopefully, you're gonna get up to Brevard and Pisgah area a lot more here in the future. And you're. Uh... I guess we we can't advertise it for rent yet. It's not ready yet to be sponsored by the podcast. Uh, and put out to the masses. I have to ask my dad, but right. I know that's definitely in the future. Maybe a, a Narnoe's discount code or something. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I love it. Well, that's good stuff. Um, what I've been up to lately. So, been riding. Aside from Greece, I was uh, been riding the usual Big Creek and Soap Creek, and definitely been seeing some interesting stuff. You know, even though you ride the same trails a lot, like for me as my daily workout, I always manage to find new and entertaining things on the trail. And one of the ones I saw, which I think I sent you, but I can't remember, was a mountain border. This dude, you told me about that. Yeah, yeah this dude was at the downhill park um, at Big Creek, and I had to do a double take because I was like climbing up the elevator trail and I see this dude just railing a uh, gully. And it was like, this dude was old. He's probably like, I mean like in his forties I'd say. And like on a mountain board. So off-road skateboard, but like it was like a snowboard where he was like, his feet were clipped in and long, like a big, yeah, it was, big, bigger than a skateboard, like yeah, a longboard. Wait, size. Yeah, like, longboard. yeah, like longboard. It was like a snowboard, basically, with off-road tires under it. And he was carving gully and getting mad air, and there was no break. So every time he needed to slow down or stop, he was carving the board, like, sideways. Skidding, yeah, like, skidding out. And I thought it was so cool. And I'll, I'll put a video of it on Instagram, but he was just charging and i had to stop him and talk to him he's like yeah man i've been doing this for 20 years i was like i didn't even know these things existed for 20 years and he's like yeah never use brakes just kind of treat it like a snowboard and you know hike it up mountains and charge down and uh he wasn't like heavily padded up and uh no full face no no just a half shell i was uh it's pretty wild so don't see that every day yeah so be on the lookout for for those mountain borders um on top of that, I ran into, uh, an, uh, I guess <laughs> you talk about mountain borders. These one wheels are getting really popular. Oh, yeah. They actually look pretty fun. Like, I know they're not, like, super exercised because they're electric. And you, I think you get a good core workout. But they have these, like, off-road one wheels, you mm -hmm. know, people are doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was at Rope uh, just riding it one day because it's been so long since I've been there. And I ran into a guy that I've run into the trails before. His name's Jeff Goad. Um, and he's with a mountain bike club called the Psychedelic Wolfpack. And he's like a big real estate guy. So he's kind of like an influencer because he, that's how he gets his real estate career yeah. out and about. And he's on social media a lot. And, uh, so we connected on the trail and he was on his one wheel barefoot, just like <laughs> carving it up on his lunch break. And, uh, he bought a bunch of Narnami swag and he was like, Oh dude, we got to do like a joint, um, like a joint group ride between our two groups. Um, he's really cool. They, they ride out of, they're all Woodstock guys. So they all ride out of blankets regularly and they typically do evening rides, but, um, he gets away every now and then and, and rides during the, the, the work days and uh, has a flexible job. But, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was good to connect with him. 
he by the way has a sweet rebel rail with the push coil oh yeah man awesome bike um so yeah so run into him um uh what else uh oh went i went with colby to blankets um we uh were riding because he's a new dad so he gets away very uh <laughs> once a week yeah <laughs> infrequently and um he was also delirious and I was following him and just not paying attention. And we went the wrong way down one of the trails and which turned out to be a blessing because we ended up running into a bunch of his buddies that he knows and they were shredders and got to hang out with them. And they showed us, they were trying to get us to do those big gap jumps. They just put out there off of uh, Van Michael and dwelling. They're the new, new gap jumps. Um, very I don't know new. If I've seen that. Yeah. Yet. They're, they're very new. Um, Colby and I didn't have the, the cojones, but they, they showed us how it was done. It's pretty sweet. Um, so that turned out for the best. Oh, the big news we should probably talk about, because it's been so long since we podcast, is we went to Pine. We got gnarly. Yeah, finally back to Pine after, <laughs> what, six months or, yeah. or longer. It's been forever. Yeah, so Trent and I finally decided to bite the bullet, make the drive to Pine Mountain, and and just hit some gnar, and, and we got it um, handed to us. So... Why don't you tell us how that day went, how it started? Yeah, well, it was one of those things. And if you've ridden gnarlier stuff, Pine Mountain or anything similar, like when you haven't done it in a while, it's it's kind of a shock to get back into the steeps like that. And I was excited to, to hit it again and it was still a little damp from, I guess, the rain the night before. And we went down a trail that we hadn't been on ever. I think it was fairly new, probably in the last few months. And just being an idiot came down like a little rock roll with a kind of razor sharp edge and front tire slipped out and sliced the hell out of my, my right arm. So my, my day started with stitches or ended with stitches, but about gosh, 30 seconds into my first downhill run, my arms sliced right open. So that was a great welcome back to pine. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me give the other side to that story. Cause I was, following and so we go up for our first ride and it was it was off of Moe's Meat. It's the new they call it log line, I think is what they call I think it. So yeah. And it's like a loamer and it's a pretty sweet trail. But yeah, we had no idea what we were doing or never seen it. And I think we both assumed it hooked back into Moe's before we realized it. And we thought we were about to hit the usual rock roll and you were in front and you were charging. I was being a little more cautious of course in the rear and I literally just see you disappear and and then you're on the ground and then, yeah. and then I like stopped my bike before the roll. And I was like, dude, and you were like, this isn't good. You like literally were sitting there and you're like, this isn't good. And then <laughs> you lift your arm up and you're gushing blood. And this is the best part. You literally say, uh, it's actually, I don't think it's that bad. And I immediately go, dude, it's pretty bad. Like there's blood everywhere. And you're like, I think it's just a flesh wound, just like a little scrape. And I was like, no it's not and you're like all right let's just get down the mountain so we go down to the lot you use like half my med kit which by the way <laughs> you owe me a med kit like literally the whole thing is almost used yeah a lot of gas and and this is the best part though guys so we were one lap in it was our warm-up lap and i was like let's get you to the hospital and you were like 
no, let's go ride. And I was like, are you kidding me? And you're like, no, come on, let's do another lap. Well, to be fair, it was not a crazy gash. I think I ended up with four or five stitches. It was nothing insane. And you had the nice first aid kit. I was bandaged up. I felt fine. The weird thing was it didn't hurt. I probably have never had a, a cut like that from biking. And it didn't hurt at all, weirdly. Like, not when it happened, not afterwards. It never hurt. It, it hurt, when we, hurt when we put that alcohol on it. Yeah. <laughs> the alcohol wipes for the worst part. And getting stitches hurt. But... But yeah. yeah, you were like, you were like, let's go. So we did another lap. So then we did, we did, we did cornbread, cornbread and then we both were really cautious at this point because we we're both kind of spooked based on your crash. So we kind of took cornbread easy and then, and then we went up again. We did a third lap. What did we do the last time? I don't even remember. Oh, the last time we did regular Moe's all the way. Cause yeah. we were like, we were going to do hot sauce, but we were like, let's yeah. not push our luck. I was right after that. I was riding so scared. Like we both were. It like, was like one of those things in my head. I was like, if I fall again on my arm, it's really gonna hurt this time. Even so. though I didn't fall because I saw you fall, it freaked <laughs> me out. So we were both like being real timid, but it was still fun. Like we had a blast, and you every lap you had to change out the gauze. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bleeding like crazy. And the worst part was the traffic to get home was horrible. So I was just sitting in my car for an hour and a half. I'm sure it was bad for you. Bleeding out. Bleeding out basically. <laughs> then I had to go get my stitches at the minute clinic. It the was, best part about it all was you were considering not. So you were like, dude, I think I'm just going to go home. And I was like, no, I think you need to go get it checked out. And you were like, I doubt they'll give you stitches. I was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to give you stitches. And lo and behold, you text me an hour later and yeah. you're like, yep, they're going to give me stitches. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that I got stitches because it's all healed up now. I mean, I've got a gnarly scar, but other than that, no uh, lasting damage there. But every time we do that, we always say we got to do it more because it is awesome. Yep. Yep. It's, it needs to be like a a twice a month minimum type thing for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that was a fun ride. Um, I got to actually, um, do a cool thing with my daughter. So I ran over her bike and <laughs> split it in half and she wanted another bike, of course, cause her bike is split in half. And so I went and took her to the bike shop. Originally I actually went and bought like a, went on Facebook marketplace and got her like a $30, she really likes her coaster brake bike and she's not used to handbrakes yet. And she just doesn't want the gears and all that. So I just got her like another coaster brake, $30 bike off Facebook marketplace off someone. It was a little big for her and she didn't really like it. So I was like, well, there goes 30 bucks, but it was like 30 <laughs> bucks and it's another bike for a kid in our neighborhood. And so my wife was like, no, we're getting, you broke her nice bike. We're getting her another nice bike. And I'm like, ah, oh, fine. So we go to like, uh, Roswell bicycles. They have, a they just have a lot of inventory. They're huge and they have pretty good prices. And we got her a live a girl's giant mountain bike, full rigid, but it's got mountain bike tires. It's got like 10, 10 speed gears. And, but the handbrakes freaked her out. And you know, well, you may not know this because you don't have kids, but like when parents teach your kids, it never works. Like it's like, they don't like to listen to mom and dad. They're like, eh, shut up mom and dad, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I had the, my wife had the great idea of having the guy basically give her free lessons. She's like, we're buying this bike from you. You need to t teach my daughter how to ride with handbrakes. That's cool. And he did. He was awesome. He was such a nice guy. And he, my daughter really liked him. And by the end she was like, I like this. And so now she's riding handbrakes and yeah super proud of that's really uh, cool so the kids her. bikes with handbrakes 
Is there just one back tire? Like, is there a front tire and a back tire? Yeah, front and back. So she can end up, she pulls that front. That's that's what she's freaked out about. She was like, Dad, I don't want to fall on my face because if I press this, then, you know. Yeah. Ejected. And, and the other hard part is, like, knowing when to put your feet down and, like, knowing the brake pressure. It's just, like, a different uh, – it's just like a different, uh, feeling. Um, so, so yeah, so that's really cool. So I'm hoping to be able to do more trails with her now that, uh, she's it's a big step. Yeah. At that progression level where she's riding like a more normal mountain bike. And then on top of that, my son has been progressing a ton and he is, uh, ripping his, I mean, he's three, he's <laughs> ripping his, uh, paddle or what's the, what do they call it? A uh, balance bike. And I took him to Big Creek. He loves the pump track at Big Creek. And then he was the skills area, that whole like flow trail. He charges it like literally like gets air. I mean, I have to get like, I need to get him legit pads because the dude is fearless. And he goes, dad, we, we need to go. We, we actually, believe it or not, he went all the way to on the greenway down to the, uh, downhill course and he was like dad i want to do this and i was like no did you show him you, yourself doing some stuff no but i he, he, we watched some people and then i was like do you want to do like a real trail he's like yeah so i took him back and we went to the green trail that's on the main park area whatever it's called like from like, the upper parking lot no we were at the lower we started at the lower or you mean like those, those trails off of themselves no, like, so there's the pump track, the skills area. Uh-huh. If you go in between those, uh-huh. that's where the green yeah. trail starts. And there's that chute that goes down right yep. there. And it's pretty smooth berm. I was like, we'll start here. Well, he hits it. Have I, have I sent you the video of this? He, and I'll, 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 uh, I'll have to share this with you too. I'm weird about putting like my kids on social media, so I probably won't put it on the Instagram, but I think I sent you this video. My son literally is charging down that green trail at Big Creek. No, face plant? Face plant. Yeah, I like, saw that. Like literally, like face in the dirt, like full on OTB. Scorpion style. Scorpion. Like the head practically. And I, you can hear it at the end of the camera. I'm like, oh, because <laughs> I thought he had no face left. And so I think I got him full face. Luckily, he got up. He was crying. He had literally his whole face was dirt and he had dirt in his mouth. He was like spitting out dirt. And I was like, my wife's going to kill me. And he had no scratches. And he literally, after 30 seconds of crying, was like, let's go again. I was like, wow, this is awesome. It's a little badass, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's, it's fun to see the kids um, getting it going. So, yeah, so that's that's Big Creek and, and uh, let's see, rope, blankets. We talked about pine. Oh, we had a great uh, thing, too, after one day we did, like, a jump or a dh session at big creek i wanted to shout out that mother earth brewing place yeah man that place is good good beers really good food expensive food but definitely tasty that was fire yeah i'll go back and very convenient you could ride your bike over there if you wanted to yeah i mean again yeah not a thing you want to do regularly but maybe once every now and then really cool hangout after you uh ride big creek um for sure um oh the Colorado kid. So I had a friend of a friend come here. He moved from, uh, where do you say he moved Not from? Not to be confused with the YouTuber, Colorado kid. No, the, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, not the Colorado kid. This is the Colorado kid who is a, guy, a friend of a friend that moved from Boulder, Colorado to Atlanta. And we all thought he was crazy. Oof, yikes. Yeah, but he did it for work. And so young guy, likes to mountain bike. And uh, so I took him out to blankets and soap just to give him some metro Atlanta areas where he can go and show him around. Let him really realize the mistake he made. Yeah. Well, I think he didn't realize like one, how humid it is here. And of course it's getting better now, but you know, he's just not used to that. No, it's, it's a whole different level down here. And he's like, I got the altitude on you, but you guys have the humidity on me. He's like, it's pretty rough. And, uh, and then, yeah, it's peddly. You know, it's, it's, I don't think he's used, to, he's used to the fire road up and the charge down. Mm-hmm. This is pedally single track the whole time. So, um, but I think he liked it. I think he had fun. Yeah. I'd love to get him up to, to some stuff in the mountains or bike yeah. park and let him experience some truly like mountainous East coast riding. For sure. And then, uh, we also, why do I have here, by the way, I have Trent road gap oh i think that's because you were when we were at big creek you tried to do the new road gap or not really road gap but new gap jump they did oh, off of tsunami or yeah. typhoon or whatever it is typhoon yeah did yeah i cl- like i like that rework i cleared it the last point it. it's not very big it's just you come into it off that it's rock aw- drop awkward. it's kind of awkward but um yeah the rework on that trail is great i did see i don't know if you saw this on facebook if you followed big creek but I guess there's been some rogue builders over there building like little jumps that they're not supposed to be building, and they were getting shit on on the on the Facebook group by like the well, yeah, the moderator or whoever manages those trails. So I think it's because of me. Not I didn't do the rogue work. <laughs> I think the guy got found out because of me. So I rode those trails like two days ago, and I posted on my Strava, like had a great time, but these random ass gaps on our usual lunch line scared the crap out of me and I almost died. And the, the two guys that run rainbow follow me and they, uh, and every time I post stuff, they usually make changes to the trails. Just <laughs> like if there's something broken or something. Yeah. And I think they found that I saw, they went out that night and looked at them and they were like, what the hell? Cause they are janky. And well, I, yeah. I literally, when you do a trail every day, you just don't think it changes. No, they, no I literally go off the jump and I see a mound of dirt like sitting in front of me and I'm literally, I case the crap out of it and I almost die. They were saying on Facebook that I think people have crashed on it as well. So it might, yeah. might not just be you. Yeah. I don't think it's just me, but I definitely contributed to that because well, I was like, this is jank. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't, don't go build out there and shitty little jumps. That's not cool. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to build stuff, make it good. At least they looked real janky from the pictures I saw. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely uh, there's definitely some stuff going on, and there's going to be more stuff being built out there because of the quick six coming up. Which I'm curious. I, I guess I'll put that um, typhoon on the quick six. Dude, I wish they would do the the big rock drop on typhoon as one of the. Well, that's because you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be awesome to watch him crashes off that. Not to be mean, but oh yeah, that'd be pretty gnarly to watch. There's no doubt I will be going around that if they put it in. Yeah. I, uh, I'll have the whole family there. I don't want them seeing me throw my life off <laughs> in front of them. They'll probably already be like, oh, my gosh, what is Josh doing? It's crazy. 
Um, and then our other buddy, uh, the lawyer, Alice, he got an e-bike. It's the new Heckler, right? Yeah. Not the, the small battery, but the regular size battery. Full size. Yeah. yeah. And loves it. He loves it. He was toying between the Yeti 160E and the Heckler E. And he asked my opinion. I said I, I like Santa Cruz better, but just just f- based on the build and what he was getting and the price and everything, I haven't ridden either of them. But it just well, actually, I've ridden the Heckler, but um, I don't know. It just um, seemed like a better deal, and he's really happy with it. And you know, we've talked about it. Like, yeah. Th- for him, someone like him who doesn't get to ride a lot, has is a busy dad, busy job. He's a partner at a law firm. And he just wants to maximize his time. He, he rides more now because of it. Oh, yeah. I mean. And he has a blast. You know, I I do have a little bit of, of hate towards e-bikes, but I'd rather someone be out riding something than not riding at all. Absolutely. And you're going to get the, I mean, you still get some fitness on an e-bike for sure. Actually, did you see the single track sampler video? I saw it come up. I haven't watched it. He got, I mean, you can say what you want, but he proved it out in the data. Same riding time. Now, granted, his e-bike is one of those light e-bikes, so it has a smaller motor. He got more calories burned and higher heart rate riding the e-bike for two hours than he did the analog for two hours. Same trail, like he just did like back to back. Same trails, but he did more. I mean, obviously, he rode more mileage and more elevation with the e-bike because he he basically rode as much as he could for two, two hours. Two hours, okay. Yeah, that makes, in, in Pis- that makes sense. In that makes sense. Oh, he's breaking the rules in Pisgah on the e-bike? Or no, maybe it was it was somewhere. In, no, no, sorry. He did Canuga. Oh, okay. I, I can see that. I feel like you, you like, charge a little harder on an e-bike, too. Like, you, you're getting that power, so you're putting down more, more pedal strokes. Well, he said he didn't brake, whereas he had to have take brakes on the acoustic. Yeah. He, he, like, didn't feel like he needed to on the electric. So... Of course, I sent that to the brethren who talk so much smack about e-bikes. And I'm like, guys, the data is the data. So, um, so yeah, so, so it's been good, though. So one thing I've learned when I go biking is I wear my swag more often, wear mm-hmm. my own merch, and people stop me. And they're like, hey, you know, love that shirt, love that logo. And I'm like, oh, really? Because I sell it. And it's right here in my truck. And so we meet in the lot and people have been buying it. So it's a good uh, tactic. I really didn't want to like overuse my own merch because I want to sell it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I guess I need to wear it so people can see it. And then for sure that grassroots effort, which by the way, you need to buy some more. I mean, doubles of each. Yeah. You got to have <laughs> two of each and your, your girlfriend doesn't have any, your dad, you got to buy some for the fam. That's true. My dad would like one. Yeah. He does so much for you. You need to buy something for him. Yeah, you're right. Come on, man. Um, Speaking of e-bikes, though, (laughs) dude, that Chicopee stuff. I went a lot of drama on that channel. Yeah, so Chicopee is like another trail system we like to ride, Um, and it's like the only trail system I believe in the Metro Greater Atlanta area that doesn't allow e-bikes. I think so. And it's getting ridiculous. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, the rants on Facebook on their group are, if you want to get entertained, you can either go to next door neighbor app or go to the Chicopee uh, Facebook page. And, oh, there's like, 
500 comments on certain posts about it. It's real funny. And they've, I guess they're in the process of voting whether or not they're going to allow them. And it's been a whole back and forth. You know, I don't see why they shouldn't be allowed. It's not really a big deal. I think it's total horseshit. I, I frankly think they should be allowed everywhere. I think it's the dumbest thing. To me, it's dumb. Like, to me, it's just like, it's the evolution of biking. And it's all, the, if you look at all the people that post that don't like it, they're all in their 60s. They ride their tie hardtails and they're just old school. They don't use droppers. Purists. They, they're purists. And it's like, I'm good on you, but don't crap on the people that are just trying to get out and about. And it doesn't do anything to your freaking trails. Like, I'm sorry. It, I, no. I, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I guess, what's the biggest argument against it? Because it doesn't. I think Their biggest big. argument is they they go faster, they're more wild, they're not as good as bikers, they're they're more belligerent, they don't understand the rules, it's dangerous, they can come up on you, they tear up the trails, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can make the argument that you could do that on a regular bike too, though, right? Like, if you're a fast rider and you're skidding all over the place, you can tear up the trails just as much. Right. That's, that's why... I mean, that's it, the thing. No matter what you're on... Be a respectful rider. Yeah. Don't blow past people. Don't be an asshole. It's not that hard. Yeah. Speaking of, these uh, park rangers are rolling deep right now in uh, Soap Creek. One just came behind our car and one's over there. I don't know what they're looking for. Good thing I have my parking pass. Yeah, I got mine. For the year. I, I got mine too. We're legit. We support the trails. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. The e bike thing, it's just starting to annoy me. It's like, who cares? Now, there is a segue to that, though, which is we saw a different type of uh, e-bike. And this arguably is not an e-bike. It's a motorcycle. Not not an e-bike at all. It's It's, a dirt bike. Well, it's a dirt bike. But the funny part is, is it uses a downhill mountain bike fork and handlebars and stem. But dang near everything else on it is from motorcycle and it's full throttle. There are no pedaling abilities. It's a full throttle Suron. And we were at soap and we saw this dude. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He was wearing a helmet, but he was like khakis and a polo. Yeah. Like new balance, (laughs) like dad shoes and just like freaking ripping on a Suron on the middle of soap Creek. And he stopped and you could tell he was kind of embarrassed. And we were like, Oh, we didn't give him any crap. We were just like, that's sweet. And, you know, I just didn't want to be that guy to be like, you know, you're not supposed to be out here. I was like, whatever, the guy's having fun. And I'll say, not to throw any shade on this guy, but he was going so slow on that dirt bike. We, that... we passed him. <laughs> yeah. We passed him on acoustic bikes on a motorcycle. But granted, <laughs> the guy was um, super... Uh, he was a nice guy. He, was, yeah. he, he owns a pizza shop. The funniest part he said was he was already defending himself before we even said anything. And he was like, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I, I get so much exercise when I work this pizza shop that I just do this for fun to get out in nature. And I'm like, Hey man, you do you bro. Like whatever, whatever you want. And he was just like, it was like, he was automatically defending himself for riding a motorcycle on that well, bike. Trails. I imagine there are plenty of people that see that and give him shit, but yeah, I'm not going to tell somebody what to do. Dude, something went down here. These mountain bikers are talking to these rangers. I wonder if someone got broken into, or maybe they, they found the Suron guy out here. <laughs> Busted. Busted. Um, so, yeah, the other thing we uh, forgot about on the uh, last podcast was we were supposed to talk about 
gear and you mentioned to me, dude, we forgot about pads and pants. We did. Yeah. And so, uh, I thought it was a great point because we do wear those from time to time well, and it's getting cooler out. It's pants season coming up pretty soon. Yeah. And I definitely wear the knee pads more often than the elbow, but I have both. And I really like those. What do we have? The G force G force. They're mm-hmm. super cheap. They're very lightweight, super comfortable. They have that padding that like hardens on impact. Um, it's like a gel kind of material and it's real flexy, but then when you hit something, it like hardens and, um, it's, uh, I just, I think they're awesome. And I've, I've never, I've washed them. I've never had anything rip. They stay in place for me. Like, I don't know. I'm happy with them. Yeah. I like the G force. I've got, I've, yeah, G force elbow and knee pads. Um, I don't know, man. I I find myself just never putting on pads unless I'm at a bike park. I mean, I got the G Force stuff because I'm like, oh, I can wear or pine them. and pine sometimes, but not even that often, really. And which is kind of dumb, but I don't know. Something about pedaling with knee pads just sucks, no matter what they are. And uh, I think if I hit the bike park more often, I would probably switch to like a beefier pad system yeah um just if you're not pedaling at all and then i also have that back back brace chest protector thing from fox oh that's right that um i've never really needed it i've never had like a crash on my chest or back but it makes me feel a little bit safer so yeah i like it and i think a big thing too is like if rocks fly up from the trail and they hit you in the chest like it helps relax just like a i mean you've seen it. it's like kind of just like wearing a plastic thing yeah yeah, no, I, I like that too. And then on pants side, I I like the Fox, what are they, the Ranger pants, I think. Um, they're super like form-fitting, but they're stretchy and they, they're thin and I like the feel of them. I have winter riding pants that are more fleecy and then I have like mid-thick pants that we got on Amazon from our friend Colby, those Wrangler, um, they're super cheap. Oh, they're at Target right now. It was just at Target uh, yesterday, and they've got so many of them. And they've got a new style that has, like, a little side zip pocket for a mm-hmm. phone that's nice. Um, yeah, those are great. I've got a pair of, like, downhill-oriented box pants that are a bit thicker. Those are really great for the bike park. Um, You've also – didn't you have hand-up or no? I had the hand-ups. I actually don't like the hand-ups. Okay. They're the ones that are, like, super tight, like, really tight. So you cannot really fit pads underneath them, and I don't know. They're fine. I think they're, they'd be better for, like, a hiking pant than they would be for for biking, probably. Yeah. Yeah, so that's our that's our roundabout on the tech stuff that we forgot about. Um, just a couple rapid-fire things as we're wrapping, wrapping up. Uh, I, it did enable monetization on listener support. So if now, if you guys really enjoy the podcast, you can tip us kind of like you tip your bartender, just <laughs> put in a dollar. Um, I think wherever you look, whether you listen to your podcast on Spotify or Apple or whatever, um, there's a little listener support button and you can donate any money. Um, I don't think it's a write off. So, but it's just a way to tip, you know, you go, you think about it, you tip all the time at a restaurant and all this stuff. It's like, you enjoy this podcast, give us some yeah, beer money. Give Josh a dollar. <laughs> give me a dollar. Um, why not? Um, so there's that. Um, in other news, uh, apparently Yeti's going direct. 
Uh, I heard that. Heard word on the street. They're pulling out of all the all the shops, I guess. I don't or? know if they're pulling out. I think they're going specialized style where they're like, you can still rep our brand, but FYI, we're we're going to be selling direct, so it's up to you. And you know, I think uh, it's going to hurt some folks. It hurt uh, Earl's Bike Shop specialized dealer they went direct earls i think there's other reasons why earls went under but um but that definitely doesn't help um and i think uh yeah yeti is doing that which i know fresh isn't too happy about well my question with that is it for like a brand like yeti or specialized if you buy a specialized bike from a shop are you spending more money like does the bike cost more at a shop than it would be online do you know it would cost more to shop, but of course they, they protect margin, right? So they would give, they still put a buffer in there. So it wouldn't be that drastic, but I think there are putting in their, their, their margin. Cause the shop has to cost more. Cause like a lot of these shops will include like tune ups for free for the first couple of years mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, so they will give you that markup and that, that customer service comes at a cost. So, um, but I don't think it's as big of a gap as people think, but again, people just, are so used to consumer direct being a better deal. They just kind of tend towards that, you know, I think, I think, and even you, like, so now you are looking at getting a new bike for your big travel bike. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about shop versus not, and you're pretty set on going consumer direct. I think we're not really consumer direct, but through a online retail. I mean, I think you just get better deals. Stuff is on sale more online. It's just, you know, in this day and age, everyone's so used to online shopping, at least for me, like it's way easier to, peruse the web looking for deals and it is to go to five different bike shops because a lot of bike shops they don't even show their inventory online you have to go in to see what they've got and or give them a call which is you know kind of a pain yeah yep um and then uh the only other thing i noticed on rides two other things one on soap i saw a snake the other day and i don't know if you're like this i don't like snakes so like this was just a garden snake, a rat snake, whatever, but it kind of freaked me out. And then every single route I saw on the rest <laughs> of the trip, I thought it was a snake. Yeah, that's how it goes. Snakes don't bother me. I'm always the one to pick them up and put them off a trail. But Dude, my mind was playing so many games with me. I was like, oh, snake, 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 snake. Literally every turn, I thought a route was a snake. It's crazy how that happens. Oh, yeah. Um, and then after I was finishing that up, uh, the I ran into a husband and wife who were like, you could tell the husband was like, yeah, honey, we're going to go do this. They had these like Walmart e-bikes, but they were like hardtails with front shock fork and like off brand. And they were out of their element. And they were like, is it, is it this bumpy all the way around? And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. It's a mountain bike trail. And they're like, okay. So they kept going. I ran into again on my second lap and, uh, she was pissed. Like I thought they were going to get divorced and I was like, you guys all right. And she was like, no, we're not all right. And essentially I think the husband kind of told her it was a green way and it was not. So I suggested them to go some other places, but yeah, you can hit the gravel out here. Maybe go up, uh, whatever that nice road is with all the big houses. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The the shitty e-bikes. That's such a crazy, uh, segment of bikes. Like, Probably some of the worst. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, but that was that was quite humorous. Um, and then the only other interesting fact uh, we've talked about how like how cool would it be to have a, a drive to survive kind of series on mountain biking on Netflix or mm-hmm. something? Well, there's a guy I listened to a podcast. Can't remember. 
it was a I don't remember where I heard him, but he's a big time filmmaker. And his next goal is to make the drive to survive version of downhill racing. Be sweet. But the interesting part, and I never thought about this. The one reason why he hasn't done it yet is because of the rules in downhill mountain biking, where the team managers or the pits are not allowed to communicate with the rider. So he said in golf, you have the caddy and, and you have the, the golfer and drives. And that's the golf series. And, Drive survive. You have the pit guys on headset communication with the driver. And the coolest part, he said, whether you know it or not, when you're watching these is that communication, the behind the scenes of what goes on with these pros. And you don't have that in mountain biking because it's illegal. They don't let you communicate. And he says, until they can make that rule change, I can't make a series on it because there's just not enough behind the scenes to draw people in to make it interesting. So that means basically if you're a downhill rider, you practice you're talking to your crew but once you're up at the top of the race there's no communication yeah. as you're like coming down the you track. can't have a headset okay. and communicate at all and it, it kind of makes sense right because if they're watching splits they could be like hey you need to pedal harder because you're behind on this split and it, it goes into all this strategy yeah. and then you ruin the privateers who are like well we can't even afford a pit yet alone a mechanic a manager a headset and so they're trying to even the playing field so it's kind of a double-edged sword because i think it'd be really cool to have that but it yeah, hurts I, a lot I get of people both sides of that so hopefully they figure that out because I think a series on that would just bring so much to the sport um, for sure. But, yeah, so uh, I, I guess the one thing I haven't done a good job is how you can communicate with us. And I, I do want to let you guys know we do have an email, so narnomies at gmail.com. If you want to email us, please do, whether it's sponsorship, uh, whether it's uh, suggestions, guests, anything, really, rides, um, that's a great way. We have an Instagram. Please follow it. Narnemies um, on Instagram. You can DM us. Check out some pics we put up there. And that's really it. Those are the main two forms. I don't really want to give out my phone number. No, I wouldn't do that. Some <laughs> prank callers. Some angry brethrens. Oh, the angry brethren who are going to do their Yargo ride tomorrow. Poor guys. It was going to be really cool, folks. We we're going to have like a crew of like 10 folks out at uh, Jared's uh, tomorrow, but uh, it looks like that's probably not going to happen. There'll be a smaller crew, but it'll still be good to get out there. Um, I was chatting with Blair. We haven't been out to Jared's in a while, and so it'll be good to, to see everyone and, and hit some stuff, and maybe we'll fit in a podcast if we have time um, there. So, so with that, uh, we really appreciate everyone that's listened uh, to the podcast. This is episode 21, the Drinking Age podcast, even though we're not drinking. And uh, go out and search for your ultimate Narvana. Now get. Get on out there.